Hey guys, we're so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. I want you to know God has something so amazing for you today. This service was made with you in mind, so make sure you take the opportunity to lean into what truth is spoken. As we jump into service, I want to encourage you to share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this service on social media can be the start of life change for whoever sees it. told you there is one thing that if you conquered it in your life, it would change everything else about your life. Now you may be thinking right now, you may be going, yeah, I know without a doubt that there is one thing that if I changed it in my life, I know it would change everything else that's going on in my life. Or maybe you're thinking there is no way that just changing one thing would change everything else in my life. I imagine that's what people thought when the light bulb was invented. Now there are about a dozen people that put their mind and their energy and their effort into creating light bulbs and the things that we now enjoy that allow us together in dark rooms and cut lights on and to work at night. But the light bulb was actually patented by a guy named Thomas Edison, and it was patented back in 1879. If you look at the patent, you should be seeing it right now. If you look at that, that is something that is very, very, very simple, but it changed everything that was going on in the world at the time. In fact, it did so much changing that I keep a copy of this patent above my desk, and every day I look at it to remind myself that just changing one small thing can make a huge difference. So when Edison patented the light bulb and they began to roll it out with electricity and lamps going in homes, it literally changed everything about the society that we live in. In fact, it went so far as changing the sleep patterns of people. Now people could work at night and they could enjoy fellowship with one another at night and they could do things that they had rarely been able to do before. And people went from going to bed literally when the sun went down and sleeping through intermittent periods to literally staying up and sleeping for seven or eight hours at a time. So something as small as a light bulb literally changed the sleep patterns of almost everyone in the entire world. And I want you to know today that if you can get victory over one thing in your life, it will do the same for you. It will change everything about your life. In fact, if you're taking notes, go ahead and jot this down. There's one thing in your life that would change your entire life if you conquered it. Now, the Bible calls this thing a stronghold. And a stronghold is this. It's a fortified place, a place of security or survival. And if you're at war, then a stronghold is a positive thing. You want a stronghold. You want a place that is hard to conquer, a place that gives you the ability to defend what you have and what you're trying to protect. But we're looking at this from a spiritual matter. And a stronghold in our life is not a positive thing. It's a thing that Satan, that the enemy is using over and over and over and over again to cause damage and destruction in our life. In fact, a stronghold for us as followers of Christ is a mindset that accepts a situation as unchangeable, even though it's contrary to the will of God. It's the thing that you say, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but that's just the way that I am. What is that thing for you? What is that thing that you go, man, I know I shouldn't do that. Maybe it's passed down generation to generation. I know I shouldn't lose my temper the way that I lose it all of the time. But you know what? That's just what my father did. 
And that's what his father did. And that's what his father did. And you, that, that's, just, that's just who we are. Maybe for you, it's, you know, I shouldn't be looking at that, but you find yourself going to it over and over and over and over again. And you've accepted the fact that that is just who you are. That is something that you will have to deal with for your entire life. Those things are strongholds. There are dozens of others that Satan uses to attack us and to hold us back and to keep us from enjoying the life that God has created us to live. And listen, we often blame these things on other people. We say, well, if I hadn't been raised this way, if my mom hadn't have done that, or if my dad hadn't have done that, or if my uncle hadn't have done this, or if my brothers or sisters didn't treat me this way, then this one thing wouldn't be true about me. Now listen, I'm not denying the fact that other people have an impact on your life, but I want you to know this, that, that other people are not to blame for the strongholds that are in your life. It's not their fault, it's our fault. And we want to blame other people, but strongholds exist in our life because we refuse to deal with the sin that we see. And we accept it. And listen, we protect it. And we allow it to survive. We oftentimes almost treat it like a pet. In fact, oftentimes people in Christian circles will refer to it that way. They go, oh, that's just my my pet sin. That's the thing that I'll have to deal with for all of my life. Listen, I want you to know that dogs and cats and birds, they make great pets. Sin is a horrible pet. And we have strongholds in our life because we refuse to deal with it, because we protect it, because we allow it to survive in our life. And so what we want to dig into today is how we can have victory over the strongholds in our life. And so I want you to do something for me. If you got a sheet of paper in front of you, maybe you're following along with our notes, would you jot down the answer to this question? What is the one thing that Satan is using in your life that holds you back time after time? What is that one thing that you see coming up in your life over and over and over and over again? And listen, it's not just, you don't just know it. Everybody around you probably knows it. They know that that's a problem. They know that it's an issue. What is that thing in your life that keeps reoccurring that you know that if I just conquered and changed that one thing, then everything else in my life would be different? What would have the light bulb effect in your life? Listen, we're going to dig into a passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians. In fact, this is the only time that the word stronghold occurs in the New Testament. And it occurs as Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And just to bring you up to speed on what's been going on, Paul founded the church in Corinth. He actually spent about 18 months there investing in the people that ended up being the church there and pouring into them and organizing the church and getting them ready to spread the gospel in that area. And as soon as he left, some other people moved in and they began attacking him and what he stood for and what he wanted to accomplish. And even the way that that he spread the gospel and the way that he followed Christ, it got really personal and they start attacking uh, Paul and who he is. And he responds with the letter of 1 Corinthians and then things don't change. And so he responds again with the letter of 2 Corinthians and he's getting a little irritated and he's getting a little firm. And if you read the letter knowing the background, you see that Paul comes out swinging. This is kind of a fight. There's an argument going on. And in the midst of this letter in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes these words. He says, Now I, Paul, appeal to you with gentleness and the kindness of Christ. This is a nice way of saying don't make me come there. Though I realize you think I'm a timid person and bold only when I write from far away. 
Well, I'm begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. But we are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And we capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. The only time that the word stronghold occurs in Scripture is right here. And Paul is saying, listen, when we wage war against things that are strongholds, there was a stronghold in this church. We're not looking at strongholds in our church or in our society so much today. We're looking at our personal strongholds. But he says as we attack any stronghold, there's a few things that are always going to be true. And the first thing he points out, if we're going to conquer strongholds in our life, he says this, that it takes supernatural weapons to defeat the strongholds in your life. This isn't something that you can reason your way out of. This isn't something that you can simply talk to a counselor about and all of a sudden you have victory over it. He's saying that if you're going to defeat the things that are strongholds in your life, it's going to take a weapon that you personally don't have. There's something supernatural that is going to have to take place. In fact, look at it again. Here's what he said in the verse in 2 Corinthians. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans. In other words, we live life just like everybody else. Right, We have things that hold us back, and we have difficulties, and we get sick. Even as believers, even as followers of Christ, we're humans. We deal with the things that other people deal with, but we don't respond in the same way. We do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty, supernatural weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy the thoughts Arguments. There is something supernatural that is going to have to occur if we're going to conquer the strongholds that happen in our life. And I want you to know that it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. This isn't something that you simply pray about one time and you go, God, I want you to give me victory over this one thing in my life that keeps holding me back time after time after time. It's not a one prayer and done type of deal. It's a battle that's going to have to take place. But it's not something that you can wage war with yourself. In fact, there are going to be times you feel like you're losing the fight. It reminds me of a boxer who was in the middle uh, of a fight and he was... Uh, getting it brought to him. The guy was constantly beating on him and pounding on him. And by the third round, the guy had a black eye and a bloody, no- a bloody nose and a busted lip. And at the bell rang and he walked to his corner and his trainer looked at him and he said, man, he's barely laying a hand on you. And the boxer responded, then keep your eye on the referee because somebody is wearing me out. That's the way that it feels sometimes when you're trying to conquer the difficult things in your life, that you're often getting hit from places that you don't even know where you're getting hit from. It's a battle. It's a fight. And I want you to know just going into it right from the bat, you're not strong enough to win it on your own. There's something supernatural that is going to have to take place. And God is going to have to do something in your life for you to win this victory. But know this, He wants you to win the victory. This is not a battle that He wants you to lose. And you need something supernatural, and He has the power to provide something supernatural in your life. And for something to happen, and for a difference to be made. And so I want you to know, we don't wage war 
as the world does. In fact, what I'm about to suggest, the way that you win this victory, is probably completely opposite from the way that you would win a fight or a war in natural life. The way that you win victory over your strongholds, it's found by walking closer to God, not simply by attacking those difficult things in your life. But if you want victory over the strongholds in your life, then ultimately it's only going to come as you begin walking closer and closer and closer to God. Listen, the closer you get to God, the more you begin to understand who you are. You understand that He made you, that He created you, that He loves you, that He empowered you, and that if you're a follower of Christ, that the Holy Spirit literally lives inside of you. That supernatural power You guys, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He gives you the power to conquer those difficult things in your life and those strongholds that exist. And the Gospel clearly tells us that God created us, that He loved us, and that He gave His life for us. But many of us just leave it there. We go, yeah, I believe that. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that to spend an eternity in heaven, I have to accept the the fact that Christ died for our sins. But we don't continue growing in that gospel, and our walk with Jesus becomes stagnant. And I want you to know that's why you see strongholds in your life. That's why you can't conquer those things in your life that keep holding you back and that keep causing stress and turmoil and keep you from experiencing the life that God has created you for. You were never meant simply to accept Christ and stay there. The gospel is something that you continue to grow into. And in fact, as you continue to walk with God, you become more and more and more like Jesus. And the more you become like Jesus, the more you begin to see those things disappear in your life. And you see victory over the strongholds that are in your life. But to experience that victory, listen, you have to put yourself in a consistent place where you become more and more like Christ. But we're going to look at a couple of those things, what those consistent places are, but don't miss what we're saying here, that you serve a God who will do supernatural things so that you can experience victory in your life if you just put yourself in the right position to experience those supernatural victories. My wife and I lived on the Gulf Coast for uh, a little over six years, and, and we would go to the beach often. And uh, it's nice to be able to live close enough that you just drive down, you hang out, and then you, you go home that night and you avoid the expensive price tag of a condo. So we would go over there on a regular basis. And I have a confession to make that's going to offend a lot of you guys, but I don't like the beach. I really don't. I don't like the sand. I don't like sand in between my toes. A lot of people think that's fun. It feels like dirt on my feet to me. That's all it feels like is dirt. And I go, I need to go wash that off of my feet. I don't. I don't like sand getting all over my legs and then getting in my car or tracking it into my house. I really don't like hanging out on the beach. What I really like is seafood, though. And when you go to the beach, there's seafood everywhere. And so we would go to the beach often. My wife loved the beach. She would hang out on the beach, and I would hang out with her because I love her, not because I love the beach. we get some good food. We would go home, but I discovered something. The more I, I hung out on the beach, it was that you could get on the edge of the water, right where the surf is coming in, and if you buried your feet deep enough, it felt like at some point you couldn't get them out. You felt like maybe you were stuck there 
And then if a huge wave comes along, it's going to knock you over and you think this would be a horrible way to die, right? People would laugh at you for all of eternity that here was the guy who dug his feet so deep into the sand he could never get out again. But as the sand tightens around your feet and the water goes back into the ocean, something else happens. As the water goes out, it also begins to come back in. And as the water washes over the sand that's covering your feet, you can simply wiggle your toes and all of the sand that is on top of you disappears and it leaves with the water. Look, that is a picture of what God will do if you put yourself in the right situation. It will require effort and it will require work and you will know that you are in a battle, but God will do things that you would never be able to do on your own. That if you put yourself in the right spot and you began to work, and you began to do the right things. In our illustration, that's just wiggle your toes. All of a sudden, you're experiencing freedom and victory that you did not think that you would ever experience. And so I want to talk to you just real quick about two things that you can do to put yourself in a consistent place where God will begin to work and bring victory over those strongholds in your life. So know this. Here's one of them. You're going to have to need, you need the help of other people. In fact, jot it down. It takes the help of others to defeat the strongholds in your life. It isn't something that you can do by yourself. You need the help of other people to experience victory over the strongholds. Look how often Paul uses the term we in our passage. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war. We use God's mighty weapons. We destroy Uh, false arguments and obstacles. We capture rebellious thoughts. It's not something that Paul is doing on his own. He's saying this is something that we are doing together. You were meant to wage war as a believer together. Listen, if you're entering a fight, the one thing you want is more people on your side than the other person has. And Paul is saying that you're entering a spiritual fight, and one thing that you need is other people to back you up. This is not a battle that you go into by yourself. This is one that we go into together. And so I want you to know, listen, there are things in your life that you've been keeping a secret and you think nobody knows, and you don't want to speak them out loud because you'll be embarrassed, and you think everyone will judge you, I want you to know that if you're ever going to experience victory over those things, you need to tell someone else about them. You need to tell someone else about the strongholds in your life. Now, I don't know who that is for you. Maybe there's somebody that you trust. It's somebody you already hang out with. Maybe it's you picking up the phone and calling the church office or getting on the internet and filling out a form and saying, look, I just need to talk to someone. There is something that's going on in my life that I just need somebody else to know about it. And you will be surprised at how much freedom you began to experience from that moment. Listen, the Bible is clear in the book of James when it says this. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, look, so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Confess your sins. In other words, these aren't things that we keep to ourselves. But we find people that we trust and we know and and people that, that care for us and people that love us. And we open up and we say, look, I want you to know what's going on in my life. And we put those things into the light because, listen, light destroys darkness. Light destroys darkness. And the things that live in darkness thrive in darkness. But when you put them into the light, they begin to die almost immediately. And so we do two things. 
to allow other people to invest in us and, and to do war with other people, the first thing we do is we simply gather together. And if you're not gathering with a group of believers who know you and love you and care about you, then the first step in you experiencing victory is simply that. You need to begin to gather with other people again. Look at, look at this. You need it. Write it down. You need to gather with other believers who are growing to be more like Christ also. And so find a church that loves the gospel. Find a church that teaches scripture. Find a church that's going to hold you accountable and begin to allow other people to invest in you. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews. This is let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to speak some truth to you guys because as a pastor, I love you and I care about you. But if you're okay going to the lake and if you're okay going to the beach and if you're okay eating out in restaurants, you're okay gathering with believers again. And if we have the freedom to do those other things, and if we feel safe going into those other areas that, to be honest with you, will have no impact on our eternity or our walk with God, how much more should we be gathering with people who are going to encourage us and inspire us and push us in our relationship with God? And so we gather together. The church is not just meant to be scattered, but it's meant to be gathered together. We gather on a weekly basis as the body of Christ. But look, we don't just do there. We have worship. We also have life groups. If you're not involved in a life group, that's where people get to know you. And listen, they really invest in your life. You need those people in your life. I get it's awkward sometimes pulling up to somebody's house with a bunch of people that you don't know. But listen, it will be the best decision that you've ever made as far as your walk with Jesus is concerned. Maybe you need someone to pour even deeper into you. You need to be a part of Forge or Titus where literally someone is going, I'm going to hold you accountable on a weekly basis. Maybe you just need to form a friendship with another couple who can help you as you walk through difficulties in your marriage. But I know this, regardless of which way you plug into other people, you need other people in your life. And it takes other people to defeat the strongholds in your life. Listen, it also takes the Word of God to defeat the strongholds in your life. Scripture says this in that passage in Corinthians. It says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Listen, the truth of what Christ desires for our life is found in Scripture. And if you want to know what God desires for you and what He wants for you, then it will always happen as you spend time in the Word. And listen, as you know the truth, it becomes easier and easier to spot a lie. You know, most people that are skilled at spotting things that are not real, whether that be in a pawn shop or whether uh, that be a government official or whether that just be someone that has a hobby collecting old coins, they know how to spot a fake because they know the real so much. right? They know what it ought to look like. They know what a, a true coin is supposed to look like and what it represents and the marks on it and the etchings on it and everything about it. And because they know so much about the true one, it's easy for them to spot the false one. And so the more you know the truth of Scripture, the easier it is to spot the lies and the attacks of the enemy in your own life. That's why Psalms 119 says this. It says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, I know the truth, God. I put the truth into my life. And because I know the truth, and because I know the truth, it's easy for me to stand against the lies and the strongholds that Satan wants to bring 
into my life. Look, I want you to know it's easier to fight these battles when you know the truth and when you know you have other people standing behind you. If you want to conquer the strongholds in your life, it's going to require supernatural work from God. And so we get closer to Him and we do everything we can to put ourselves in a position for God to work the miracles that we need in our life. We surround ourselves with other people. We do it. We invite other people into our life. We're honest about the things that we're walking through and the things that we are struggling with. We began to know the truth and we take thoughts captive. And we say, I know that's not true and I'm not going to follow that and I'm not going to believe that, but I'm going to stand for the things that are true. Look, I had some brothers growing up. I'm the youngest uh, of three, and I knew all of the time that they had my back. Listen, we fought on a daily basis, but if it ever became time to get into an argument or a fight with someone else, I always knew that if they were in the area, they had my back. Now, I don't know if your kids ride the school bus, but we did growing up for a while. We'd have to, to ride the bus home and the bus didn't have air conditioner, and there was absolutely nothing fun about it. And there were kids who were a lot older than us that were on the bus. There were kids that were a lot younger than us on the bus. So what I'm trying to say that if you allow your kid to ride the bus, then, then maybe you should just start picking them up, right? This is not a fun environment or a fun place to be in. But we were on the bus every single day. And so we began to form friendships with the people on the bus. And I don't know, but the closer you get to people, the more it seems that, that there are reasons for you to argue and to fight with them. And so one day, I'm minding my own business on the bus, and I'm just writing things out, doing homework, writing stuff that I'm supposed to do. And one of our friends on the bus looks over, and he goes, I can write smaller than that. <laughs> and I thought, great great for you, man. I don't know if they give medals out for that or not. But I hear behind me one of my brothers go, there's no way you can write smaller than my brother. <laughs> and I thought, listen, they have my back on something that doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. You need people in your life that will have your back. Listen, even for things that seem trivial. And so if you've been holding back from getting plugged in from people and being honest with the people that already know you, then you need to begin to be honest with people today. Allow people to go to war with you and then have every thought captive and make it obedient to the truth that we find in Scripture. And listen, then God will do the things that only He can do. In Joshua, the Bible says this, when Joshua was near to the town of Jericho, they're about to go to battle. He looked up and he saw a man in front of him with a sword in hand. And he went up and he demanded, are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. And he said, I'm at your command. What do you want your servant to do? This is our response today is exactly the same. You have a stronghold in your life. Your response is to fall at the feet of the Lord and go, here I am, I'm your servant. I will do exactly what you want me to do. And you'll put yourself in a place of victory. Look, here's a few next steps for us today. The first one is this. I will consistently put myself in a position to know God more fully. In other words, I'm going to do these things that are required for me to walk with God on a daily basis. The second one is I'll share my struggles with someone else. And then finally, I will apply God's truth to my current situation. I'll do what He asked me to do. And I will stand for the things that He asked me to stand for. Look, I'd be amiss if I didn't apply God's truth to the current situation in our nation. 
we, we're fighting a stronghold that has existed in America for years and years, really from the foundation of our country. And there are a lot of voices and a lot of people demanding that they be heard right now. And there are a lot of people that think that they have the answers. But I want you to know the answer for our broken country is found in Scripture. And if we're going to make a difference as the church, it didn't come from shouting the loudest. It didn't come from making the, the most posts on social media. It didn't come from being the most eloquent that we can possibly be. It comes from us applying the truth of Scripture in our life and living it out. And as we began to battle together as followers of Christ, then we will see God do supernatural things that only He can do. This is the cure for racism. It necessarily the changing of laws. The cure for racism has always been the changing of hearts. And we serve a God who has the power to do supernatural things. And He has the power to change hearts. And if we want to see healing in our nation, it's the same thing we want to do if we want to see strongholds broken in our life. Then we follow God, we work together, and we make everything submissive to the truth of Scripture. Hey, would you guys join me in prayer? Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that you are a God of victory. And although we are limited as humans, we live life as normal human beings. There is absolutely nothing that you cannot do. And there is no problem or stronghold that you can't conquer. And so, God, I thank you for the strongholds and the lives of people that are going to be broken today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. Again, we are so excited to see what all God does in you and through you. Before our kids' service begins, we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page. And there, you can return your tithe and offering. If you need help learning about anything about giving online, we have several tutorial videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Let's pray over the offering. God, I thank you for the opportunity to bring our tithes and offering and just to make an increasing impact in the kingdom around us, Lord. I pray that you just multiply it and you just affect the kingdom worldwide, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today.